Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to those of you who are guests among us, whether here or online. So glad to have you. And so glad to have passed away back. Um, so um, last week, we concluded our prayer sermon series, right? And in a couple of weeks' time, Pastor Wei will kick us off with a new sermon series called The Kingdom Now. And in the meantime, guess what we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to spend two Sundays looking at Matthew chapter, eight, uh, chapter 28, uh, verses 16 to 20, also known as the Great Commission. I'm curious because um, when I was growing up, everyone has heard of the term Great Commission, but um, I'm just wondering whether you have heard of the term Great, the Great Commission. Can, can you just show me your hands if you have? Okay, okay, but I do say thank you. So I thought it you know, might be a good way to begin. I guess begin the church year too. Is September is where we begin the church year, looking at this famous command of Jesus that we see actually not just in Matthew, but in slightly different versions also in Acts, in Luke, and in John. And also hoping that it will serve as a lead-in to um, the Kingdom Now series in two weeks' time. Okay, so this is a two-part sermon. Um, today is part one, and next week is part two. You know, when I was a teenager, I loved sharing Jesus with my classmates. And... I was just very exuberant about Jesus. Um, I think some of my classmates like, whoa, whoa. Um, and, but the joy, you see, of seeing someone say yes to Jesus, you know, I mean, what can you compare that to, right? Yay. Um, and I also tried making disciples. Um, I showed them how to do their quiet time, how to pray, how to say grace before meals. Um, I talked to them about the importance of reading the Bible, the importance of going to church and serving in church. Now, that was my understanding of all that the Great Commission entailed. Then as I grew, I learned more. I learned that the Great Commission does include all that, but Jesus has something more in mind when he utters these words. Sorry. <laughs> Bear with me. Yes. When he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes in our eagerness to get on with it, you know, we might just zoom in on the word go and make disciples. Notice that's where I started reading from. You know, these are action words, and we jump into this designing plans and strategies to make it happen. But when we are too quick to zoom into action, we might miss other important clues in the passage about just about what the Great Commission is all about. Like the part that comes before, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And the part that comes after, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. See, the challenge, church, is that sometimes a Bible passage can become over-familiar, you know, and we don't expect to hear anything new or to be challenged by it in a new way. Um, another passage might be John 3.16, you know, oh, okay, evangelism, we need a passage. 
Um, but you see, these two bits or parts here help us to understand better what Jesus is referencing when he gave us the Great Commission. It includes many things that you already know, but maybe it also includes some important things that you might not yet know. I, okay, I know when you see the title, you know, with the word Great Commission, you're probably thinking, wait, I can't jump into how to do the Great Commission. You know, just tell me what to do, just tell me what to do. I mean, if you're a doer, I mean, I'm a doer too, right? It's like, just tell me what to do. But the aim today is not to talk about the nuts and bolts of the Great Commission or what discipleship program we can use. What we do flows out of what we believe needs to get done or needs to be done. And so we're going to spend I mean, some time on that. My hope is that you will get a fresh vision, well, part one of a fresh vision of what Jesus is calling us to in this Great Commission passage. And I also hope that you encounter Jesus in a fresh new way in a time together. And one more thing, why should you care about the Great Commission? I mean, I grew up, I was taught that I should care about it, you know, it's something that we have to do. But not many people feel the same way, right? Some people feel like, oh, I give money to the missionaries, they can go to Africa and they do it. Um, and even now, like, if you, I mean, it, I, I've actually talked to some people about this, you know, like, Great Commission, well, it's just one of the things, right? I mean, we, I love people and that's enough. So what's the big deal about this Great Commission? Well, I, I think I would say this, we all claim to follow Jesus. And this is something that Jesus talks about, not just in Matthew, but everywhere, peppered everywhere. And he thinks it's important, and I think we who claim to follow him should um, perhaps desire to see the importance of it too. So let us pray. Jesus, may your word speak because they are yours. Your word is your word that brings life and hope and encouragement and conviction because they are yours. And I'm asking for your help and your grace as I try perhaps clumsily to bring this particular word to your people this morning. I know how inadequate my words are. May your spirit cover all the stuff that I can't articulate well or that I can't make clear. Amen. So our focus today is this part here. Okay, I have to confess, okay, I was very tempted to cover like both points today, but halfway through I knew it would not be possible to do all that in 20 minutes. So today, just this part. And next week, we'll do um, the second part that I highlighted just now. Now, look at this. Notice two things about what Jesus does not say. He does not say, I mean, you can go back and look at the full verse 2, but he does not say, just go and make disciples of all nations. But he prefaces it with, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Um, I love the Summer of Love video, <laughs> therefore go. Um, and notice also that Jesus does not say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, therefore go. 
Now, why, why am I making note of this? See, because the Great Commission is first and foremost about the person of Jesus Christ and what He represents before it is about us and what we do. I know I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes the obvious can get lost, you know, and when that happens, other things happen too. For instance, the endeavour to go and make disciples can become my pet project when my personal ego is at stake. Or I can use ways and means to achieve my goals that, that depersonalize people, where they become mere objects. They can become statistics. So how many people did we push through that discipleship program again? What? You had 35 people give their lives to Jesus? I only had 20 in my meeting. Or I can try to make disciples for myself and not for Jesus. Or try too hard to make things happen relying on my own strength and depending only on my own plans and strategies and resources. Brian Stanley, a professor in world Christianity, makes a good point when he says, if we forget the first part of that statement, mission becomes just another process of human persuasion or propaganda. And there's one more thing. We can also buy into the belief that the Great Commission is, primar is primarily for spiritual things, like getting people a place in heaven after death. I must convert you so that you can go to heaven. But it's way more than that. Let, this one here. I want to say two things about this. I can say more, but I'll just say two. First, it makes us, all authority in heaven and honor has been given to me, therefore go. It makes us conscious that we ourselves are disciples even as we carry out the Great Commission and that we help others become disciple, disciples of Jesus Christ. We do not make them our disciples or disciples of community church, or disciples of a ministry, or disciples of life group leaders. Nor are we to make disciples of a social cause or a political cause, no matter how worthy we deem those causes to be. And secondly, and very importantly, this reminds us that the one who has been given all authority on earth and in heaven as the Lord and King is the Lord and King of the entire universe. I know I'm stating the obvious again. I know you know this. You know, we sing this. We pray this, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But do we know the impact that it has? Do we actually know that? That Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, all. It means there is nothing outside his reign. Abraham Cooper, a Dutch theologian and pastor, says it like this, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Let me say that again. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, which is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Okay, let's name some of these things that Jesus would go, mine. Okay, you, you. Community church, yeah? Your spiritual life, your prayer life, your relationship with him, your church life. Right? You can see that it will go mine. 
How about your family life? How about your work life, your relationships with your spouse, your family members, and your colleagues? Mine, Jesus says. And how about this? Governments and authorities all over the world, including Hong Kong. How about the economy? How about politics? Medical sciences, technology, even music and nature. Mine, he says, mine. And broken as all these are in their current state, I reign over them. I am king over them. And I want to see my rule reflected in every one of these areas or domains. There's nothing outside my reign. Now, what this means is that the Great Commission is not limited to what we call spiritual matters. It is about that and more. And it's not limited to private religious matters, things happening within these four walls here. Or or limited to my personal relationship with God, is that and more. It goes beyond that. It's ultimately about making real the rule of Jesus in the world, in every part of the world. Now, some of you might think, huh, that might sound a little bit heavy-handed, right? Or even power-hungry, you know, like making the rule of Jesus evident in his world. But you see, the idea of authority and ruling was never meant to be a negative thing. We tend to see it that way, right? I mean, but, but remember, God in Genesis 1 gave authority to Adam and Eve to rule over his creation. But they messed up, we messed up. And that's why in the world around us and even in Christian institutions, we see authority that crushes, authority that manipulates, authority that is self-serving. But Jesus' authority is not like that. Jesus' rule is not like that. In fact, Jesus redeemed authority and power by confronting the tyranny of authority and power itself. How? He crushed it with love and sacrifice. Do you remember when Satan said to Jesus in the desert, Hey, Jesus, you want to have all the kingdoms of the world? Do you remember that part? Bow down and worship me. See, Jesus, if you do that, you don't need to go through all the sufferings on the cross and all the shame and rejection. Just worship me and you can have it all. But Jesus did not take the shortcut to power and authority. He took the long, hard road. He went to the cross. And on the cross, he triumphed over all evils. He triumphed over the tyranny of authority and power. On and through the cross, he was crowned the King of kings and King of all and Lord of Lords, and all the authority in heaven and on earth are given to him. This king, King Jesus, wants the world to experience what his reign is like, what we call the kingdom of God. And in the words of um, N.T. Wright, he takes the world from where it was under the rule, not only of death, but of corruption and greed and every kind of wickedness and brings it under the rule of his life-giving love. As we sang just now, we, we sang the song, right? On earth as it is in heaven. So how is he going to do that? His reign here manifesting on earth through people who claim to be his followers, through his disciples, all of us here, and through his disciples who make disciples.
if I may phrase it this way for you as we draw this to a close. I'll say it like this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Evil has been decisively defeated and there is no place for no place or domain in the world that I don't reign over. And I want my reign to find expression in every corner in the world, including what some people call the secular spaces or secular workplaces. When people and places and domains submit to my lordship, there will be flourishing and there will be true life. How this will happen is that I will do it through people who claim to follow me. And I'm asking you, because you are my followers, to join me in this. And, pl and please do it my way. My rule and my authority and my power do not coerce or manipulate or use people or crush people. My rule and my authority are about self-giving love and making sacrifices. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Says Jesus, to whom was given ruling and authority, honour and sovereignty, and whose authority is eternal and will not pass away, and whose kingdom will not be destroyed. Today, he asks you this question. Will you join me? Let us pray. What a privilege and honour, Jesus, that you have called us to join you in displaying your love to the world in every way possible, in and through our lives. It doesn't matter which station of life we are in. It doesn't matter what season of life we are in. You have called us to be with you, to partner with you to bring life to this world. We're going to take a few moments now and I invite you to open your hearts and let the Holy Spirit speak because the Holy Spirit needs, knows where you are, knows what you need, knows how you have heard these words or have not heard these words. But the Holy Spirit wants you to encounter Jesus in a new way. So let us take a moment. Amen.